guys, Lydia here for season two of Learning Hockey with Lydia. Today, I'm learning what it takes to be in front of the net. I've got Tyler Parsons, Nick Schneider, and Hayden Hockey with me. Let's do it. Saturday afternoon is the perfect time to come out to the K and tailgate. We love Salvi, he's so cool. Because he has the best home Okay, I love it. All right, buddy, well, you have a good day today, okay? Let's go, Lions! The one, the only, Chris Lane is in the house. There's been such a buzz about you coming to perform at tonight's event. Why do you say yes to these types of events? That's maybe not your normal concert setting. It's not just any old Saturday. It is Mavericks Fan Fest, and Fan Fest means one thing. The season is right around the corner, and we can't wait to celebrate. Let's check it out. Hello and welcome to episode six of season one of the Where We Belong podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Eisenhower, and I'm grateful to be joined this week by another amazing woman in sports and another Kansas City native, which makes this episode even better. Now, before I lose any of you fans of teams that can't manage to beat the Chiefs or Mets fans, let's get started right now. Lydia Taylor, um, three years post-grad this month from the University of Kansas, getting my journalism degree. Um, great time, great learning experience being at the J School at the University of Kansas. Um, my junior year of college, I got an internship with the Kansas City Mavericks, who are an ECHL uh, minor league hockey team affiliated with the NHL Calgary Flames. So I was interning with them my junior year. Um, senior year, that turned into an in-game hosting role. Um, and then senior year as well, I picked up a in-stadium hosting role with the Kansas City Royals. Um, I was with them for three years incredible experience um, specifically being um, you know with the hometown team it was a very full circle um, three years for me and then all throughout that time I have been here with the Kansas City Mavericks um, in August I'll be coming up on six years here with this organization um, and I do a little bit of everything I'm on the business side I'm also um, on our content side of things um, doing a lot of stuff with our social media in front of the camera behind the camera um, when we do have TV games I am sideline reporting um, and getting all of that um, stuff out there so that's been awesome um, and then just recently I picked I picked picked up a um, in-game hosting role for the KCNWSL uh, women's soccer team that just came back to the city. So it's been a wild ride. Um, I definitely feel like I'm much further out of college than it feels like, but I'm super lucky and blessed to have um, come across these opportunities and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm super happy to be here with you, Olivia. Thank you. Well, I just wanted to touch on, because a lot of people talk about what you can do in college to be successful and what it looks like a little bit down the road to be successful but since you're such a such a recent graduate how like what's the hardest part about that transition between kind of the hustle of sending out your reel to everyone to finding jobs what's the hardest part of that and what advice do you have for that time right so i think the transition from school to real life is a transition in itself. It's challenging. You're kind of getting out into the real world. You're on your own two feet for, you know, the first time. Um, and I think really what the biggest thing for me was, is I was really stuck on needing to stumble upon the right opportunity, the perfect one. Um, and I kind of stepped back and realized that the best thing you can do, um, and I, I think it might have been on Aaron Andrews' podcast the other day, and 
say yes and just go for the opportunities. And it might not be exactly what you're wanting, but it's a foot in the door. Um, and that foot in the door is going to turn into connections and it's going to turn into more opportunities. So just don't be afraid of opportunities that might not look exactly like what you had envisioned your career path to start out with. So just don't be afraid to jump. Um, obviously, if you're not feeling the opportunity, you're not feeling it, but don't be afraid and don't shy away, um, you know, from those not so perfect opportunities. I'm really glad you said that. What's that fine line between saying yes and because I'm very much a person that like, I just totally feel my play maybe too much just because I know if I don't take that opportunity, someone else ultimately will. Where's right. that line between saying yes and no and maybe also saying, I can do this and I can learn how to do this really quickly. I think that's a great question. And honestly, I think that I'm still learning that. So I think the earlier you are in your career, the more you should say yes um, to these opportunities, because again, it's going to be meeting people. It's going to be learning. It's just going to be more experience um, under your belt. The older you get, the more confident you feel in your craft. I think that's when you can kind of start looking at these opportunities saying, do I need that? Is that going to oversaturate my plate? Is that going to oversaturate my brand? And you can kind of identify what you should say yes to and what you should say no to. Now, I fall victim to getting in my head a lot about worrying about other people taking that opportunity. However, I've gotten to the place where the right opportunities are only going to benefit you um, if they're the right opportunity for you. So just because you're getting all of these opportunities and that's kind of contradicting what I just said. So it is kind of finding that, you know, right jam of saying yes. And I think at the beginning, you know, and what I have done is just say yes. And I'm kind of starting to get to the point now where I'm able to be a little bit more picky um, and say, you know what, I'm kind of leaning more towards this way. And I think that I have experience there and I don't need to do that. I'm, I, my plate is full and I don't need to add that one. So it's just, um, I think the more you can say yes in the beginning, the better. And then the more you're walking forward, you can kind of tailor those decisions. So you spoke on it kind of at the beginning, you said how much you really do for the Mavericks. What's the, can you kind of speak on the importance of knowing how the front office works and the business side works, but also being able to be in front of the camera or whatever you want to do on the broadcast side as well? Yeah. So that's been something that has been really, really unique in my process because being in a smaller organization, you're going to be able to see how it runs from top to bottom just because it is smaller. Uh, the entire front office fits in, you know, one small office. Whereas when I jumped over to the Royals, you know, you have multiple tiers, multiple staircases to go through just to, you know, walk through the front office. But understanding that in the end of the day, these teams are businesses. And when you're provided a read or you're provided an interview with um, an important partner or something that's maybe in relation to a theme night going on, you have to hit those marks because sponsorship dollars are relying on that. And as much as it is for the fans, 
a fun experience, it's still in the end of the day is a business. And that's something that's so important to remember. And when you are in front of the camera, that's one of the most important things that a business can do is be in front of the camera and get their message out. And so if you're not doing it correctly, they're going to move on. So you need to really do your due diligence and learning what the business is about, what they want and delivering it all on that. You've had a lot of success very quickly. People see you on the other end of the screen, what rather it be little girls, other women, other people in terms of the message you can bet. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think it has been so cool. I've never necessarily looked at myself as somebody who people look at or look up to. Um, I'm a little sister, so I've always kind of been the one looking up to people and just recently in the past couple months i've kind of felt that you know little girls are noticing me and what i am doing is motivating them or you know they just think it's cool whatever that may be so i think it is important to just be yourself and i think that's the best thing you can do every single day if that's all you do you're gonna have a good day because you're just being yourself um and I think the more you can be yourself, the more genuine you're gonna come across in front of the camera. And that's always what my goal has been, uh, is just to be genuinely me. Um, and if I stumble on camera, I stumble on camera, you know what I mean? And not, not getting super stressed about it, just conversating and being natural and being genuine and being present in the moment and you know i hope that when people watch me and then they have conversations with me outside of those in-camera presences um they they think i'm the exact same person and you know i would hope that those little girls that think it's cool would think it's just as cool to just have a conversation with me so also another layer to that because you are a ku grad you mentioned kind of the hometown royals thing what kind of pride do you have knowing that you grew up in this city around everything? Really, you have that aspect of being able to relate to citizens that not all broadcasters have. What kind of pride do you have with that? Yeah, so that was that was probably my favorite thing about the Royals job was I didn't have to do any research or preparing into what this fan base was about because I've been in it my entire life. I was there in 1415. I was on the side of the road during the uh, World Series parade. Um, so I I get it, you know what I mean? Um, and very rarely are you gonna come across opportunities that you just kind of slip right into. Um, oh my gosh, and I'll just remember it for the rest of my life. It was, it was the coolest little girl dream that came true right out of graduation. I still kind of, can't believe it happened that way, but it was an awesome experience. Love everyone in that organization. Um, and I'll always cheer for the boys in blue. It's a, it's a great city and they really rally around all sports teams. So I, it's so hard to, you know, picture myself leaving Kansas city because the pulse of the city really is just beats off of our sports teams. And it's just so contagious. There's what is like, because from the outside, my family has had season tickets just behind the Royals dugout for a long time. Like I remember Johnny Cueto turning around at the Casey Crew girls during the World Series run and just going, hey, like everything like that. All the players seem so personable and I've met Peyton Moore. He seems like an amazing person. Um, just speaking to Joel Goldberg through LinkedIn, yeah. whatever it is, 
everyone in the organization seems very family-like and really drives that home. Is that what in and out-of-day operations are like in the office? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I was, I was in season, so I didn't get to see the day-to-day -day operations exactly, but it, it is exactly what you would hope it to be. It is exactly what you think it is. Um, it's a great place. Every person that I came in contact with, specifically uh, Ryan and Joel and HUD, all of those guys uh, really just took me under their wing and I didn't have to do much other than introduce myself. Um, and you know, I. The first time I met Dayton Moore, and we didn't even really meet, it was, I kind of ran into him in the stairwell. Uh, and so just the entire organization is, is a great place and it is family-like um, and it really represents the city and everything that we would hope it to be. How, like, can you describe to me kind of your in and out of days, like schedule, I guess, because clearly you're very busy. Like you mentioned, you're in a smaller organization now, but you're doing almost everything. What yeah. does today look like? Do you get sleep? <laughs> <laughs> so, great question. Um, if I'm stumbling on my words, I'll just say that I haven't slept in a while, but uh, I do love the hustle of it. And I do know that hopefully down the road, I'm able to, you know, clean up my plate a little bit and only focus on, you know, one or two opportunities. But right now, like I said in the beginning, I'm just saying yes. And I'm so thankful for the opportunities that are coming my way. Um, and there are some days that are crazy busy. Two weeks ago, uh, it was a Monday, woke up at 4 a.m., went into a local country radio station, Q104, co-hosted the morning drive, left the morning drive, came into the Mavericks, uh, 10 to three, left the Mavericks, and then went out to Legends Field for the Casey Woso um, game. And nine o'clock hit, and I was like, I think I've literally lived an entire week in a day. Uh, so there are days like that, but then there are also days where, you know, I'm just coming into the Mavericks nine to five, um, and getting things done on the business side and then also getting to have fun with the content team here. So, you know, there are times where I do get to take a deep breath, but too many of those days in a row, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get going again. I think one of the things that I love about potentially going to sports broadcasting is just the inconsistent schedule. You're not sitting in a cubicle. It's not set hours every day, same routine for the most part, at least. But what, makes like if you ever wonder in the morning do i really want to be doing this anymore like if you don't want to get out of bed in the morning or something like that is there something you tell yourself specifically that's like you know what i gotta do this yeah um i think this last year just with the pandemic and everything there was a lot of uncertainty within the entertainment world including the sports industry of course right so i think some of the feelings that I had over the past year were just a little bit more opportunities seem to not be coming in my door anymore. Is this really what my career is going to be like? What type of longevity does it have? And you can go down that rabbit hole as much as you want, but when it comes down to it, I just decided I am going to take it day by day, step by step. And I love it. And that's the thing. Uh, 
if I didn't, I don't think I could go through days like that Monday a couple weeks ago. Um, I love the hustle. I love the grind. And it's a position that I really feel when I'm in front of the camera and I'm in-game hosting or I'm doing a pre-game interview with our head coach here at the Mavericks. It's something, you know, I can't really describe in terms of it just feels like that's where I should be. Um, and that feeling carries you through through the hard days. Um, and there are a lot of hard days. People go through, you know, ebbs and flows. Um, and you just have to remember that one decision doesn't define your entire life. And if you, you know, get to one day and you're like, you know what, I wake up in the morning, I don't love it anymore. The best thing about this life is you can figure out what you want to do next. Um, and right now, the only thing I want to do next is continuing to do um, what I'm doing in this sports industry here in Kansas City. Looking back, and you can take this really any direction you want, but looking back, if you could change anything, would you? And what would it be if you did? Yes, I think about this all the time. So getting the opportunities that I did so early on, there were times that I, um, oh, and I didn't even mention in the beginning, um, semi hosted the men's big 12 uh, basketball championship here in Kansas City, but it was last March. And so I was only there on the first day um, because then the next day, everything shut down with COVID. So there were a lot of opportunities that I got early on and I didn't fully believe that I deserved these opportunities or that I should be there. Um, and that was completely wrong. Um, and I've always thought of myself as a confident person, but those things kind of made me realize that the inner confidence was something that I needed to work on. I did deserve to be there. This was an opportunity that I could handle. Um, and so I think that would be the thing that I would change. I wish I could go back and tell myself, Lydia, you deserve to be here and you need to act like it. Because there were definitely times where I kind of shied off onto the sidelines a little bit and Girlfriend, if I could look back and go tap myself on the shoulder and be like, get out there and be yourself, go shake hands, act like you should be here, even if you don't totally believe it. Um, because in the end of the day, I got the job. So I needed to believe it uh, myself. So just having that confidence to, you know, get out there and, and be myself. And fortunately, I've kind of gotten over that hump, but it was definitely, I was a little shy in the beginning for sure. I think one of the things that has stand out to me, stood out to me most, especially this spring, I covered a lot of Arizona State baseball and there were maybe a couple girls in the press box out of like 20 some people. And I always wore high heels because I knew I looked more professional. They didn't hurt my feet too much at least. Um, and I knew I'd stand out and I'd get the respect from it. And I was totally right. but just kind of, I guess that atmosphere, I it totally expand on the idea of pursuing like the inner confidence, but also exuding it to other people because I didn't realize how much of an impact that made on people's perspective of you, quite frankly. But my last question is kind of back to your childhood. Why did you want to go into sports? That's a great question. So I, I always kind of, I don't know when it happened, but 
I just realized that on Saturdays, I was watching college game day and my friends were watching the Hills, you know? Um, and I was sitting at the dinner table hours after dinner was over talking to my dad about Royal Spring training, who was coming in, who we were looking out for. Um, and I just, it was just a hobby for me. Um, and then the older I got, I got involved in student council. Um, I was a cheerleader in high school. And so I was in front and leadership positions um, and doing kind of, you know, speaking in front of practice. I was the morning announcements girls. And there were just a, a lot of things that kind of came together in high school that I really realized, okay, I really, really love sports, love talking about it. I could sit at the table all day long. And also I love being able to utilize my personality to get a point across, uh, whether that's to lead stretches in the morning at practice and make people smile if they're having a bad day, or if that's reading some notes from teachers about Latin class, but putting my spin on it. Um, and hearing people be like, I really, I really want to do that now because the way you said that. So it was just kind of really my high school experience um, where I realized I love sports and I love being able to have the opportunity to present something to people and for them to think better of it or be more excited or, you know, be more engaged in whatever it is that we're doing because of the way that I'm delivering it. I think like a lot of my professors have said that to me, but also other people that have been on the podcast, a lot of people in the industry right now, like just, especially if you look at like Stephen A. Smith, a lot of these personalities are because of the filter, the spin, like the spin you talked about that they put on really news that could just be scrolling across the screen and almost put you to sleep. To do an yeah. But what if you had to explain Kansas City, because I have tried this so many times at college, I just laugh. What would you ex describe like the beauty of Kansas City and the fans and just, I guess, the ambiance of the city, especially now since it's, we're just going to forget February, but a winning city <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. I think the best the best way to describe it, and I'm not going to do a good job of it because I, I think it's just a smile on my face. Uh, I have grown up here and every great memory with my family or with my friends or with my neighbors is centered around the Royals or the Chiefs. Um, sporting Kansas City. Now we have the women's soccer team, uh, the Mavericks. There are just so many opportunities that our sports industry in this city has for families to go out and enjoy themselves and make memories um and i really just think that's that's what it is it's it's a family we're in it together we're we're in the lows and we've unfortunately gone through a lot of lows but the highs are the greatest highs because we're celebrating it together and we're coming together as a city um that's just family-like and you know i i almost kind of get the chills talking about it because it's just something that if you're not here you know i don't know if any words could ever truly define the experience of being a kansas city sports fan if you and i'm sorry i know i said last question like three questions ago but yeah, you choose a favorite thing or event or thing you've covered what would it be so 
my, this just, I have a handful, but it was my, like, I think fifth game hosting for the Mavericks. So I was a senior in college, um, you know, hadn't even turned 22 yet. And it was a Star Wars themed game. And that game, we were having a costume type of, you know, fan clap off competition during the first intermission. And we had Demarcus Robinson there as a special guest to help select the winner. And we're out on the ice and there is this two-year-old dressed in the cutest Baby Yoda outfit, even before Baby Yoda was a thing. And we got to the last one and I put my mic down just out of nowhere. And I go, Demarcus, hold the baby up like Lion King. He was like, me? And I was like, yes, hold the baby up like Lion King right now. I was like, okay, the last one is Baby Yoda. <laughs> and everybody went crazy. And Demarcus is literally holding the baby Yoda like this. And he's like, what are you making me do? I'm holding somebody's baby. And it was just like such a kind of had to be there but it was also one of those moments for me where I was like I should go with my gut I should say the things that I'm thinking because in the end of the day it was such a great moment um and everybody loved it and the pictures are you know timeless from it but it was definitely the first thing that comes to mind for sure I could tell by your smile when you explained that but also I can kind of relate my best memories are always around sports no matter who it's around what it's around I mean, I could talk about the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago with my dad and probably go into tears. Just yes. But yeah. most importantly, thank you for people like you that are willing to speak to me, even though I'm kind of in your career path um, and taking time out of your day to speak to me as well. Yeah, no, I think you're awesome. And I, the fact that you're having these conversations, um, you know, I think this is so cool um, and kudos to you for doing this. And, you know, I never look at anybody other than myself as competition. So the more we can rally together and the more, um, you know, we can have these awesome conversations, the better off this entire industry will be. So I really appreciate you having me on here. And if you ever need anything, reach out um, and I can tell you're going to kill it just based off of this. Thank you. And thank you, my lovely listener, for joining me on episode six with Lydia Taylor once again. I would like to take a moment to recognize the induction of the late and great Kobe Bryant and Gigi as the term girl dad has been used multiple times in this podcast and has been kind of a silver lining that has come from a tragic situation and the great strength shown by Vanessa Bryant during the induction of one of the NBA's best of all time. Remember to be kind to those around you, hug each other extra tight, and have a great rest of your week. I'll catch you back here Monday.